0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. How do you summon an angel? Do they just show up, or do they hear our beck and call? What? How does that process work?
1: Well, our guardian angels are actually always around us. Uh, I have never been, uh, I mean, when I first opened up to my gifts, in fact, it was kind of jarring to be walking around a place like a mall or something and to see these massive huge spirits just hovering over everybody <laughs> and um it was i it got kind of crowded in there and every and every time i would walk by i would be seeing something and it was it was very interesting because our guardian angels no matter what people might think and i tell people everyone this that our guardians are always there there they are always there no matter what obviously um if you ask Uh, They will give you a little bit of privacy during private times, (laughs) but uh, they are always around. And so I don't have to really summon them per se, and neither does anyone else. I always tell people that they're there, and they are always there, and they're your angels. So talk to them, pray with them, whatever people are most comfortable with. They're right there, even if you don't know what their names are you just say, my guardian angel, that right there just strengthens the bond between you and your angel to the point where you might be able to receive their messages a little bit more clearly.
0: Are we ever deceived, Michael, by demonic spirits that trick us to think that there are angels and they're really not?
1: I have been asked this before, and the one thing that I always tell people is it can be tricky for somebody that may not be a medium or that may be not as sensitive to uh, the higher vibration of the angelic realm, but I know that I cannot be tricked, and I don't think other people, if they truly knew their angels, would be able to be tricked either. De- demonic spirits, as and as the angels call them, they call them the fallen, um, mm-hmm. because
0: they were they, they were once they angels. Were.
1: Exactly, so angels that are you know obviously guardian angels now or archangels and things. They call demons the fallen. And the fallen cannot mimic the light of an angel now. They are their energy, their vibration, their resonance, whatever people would like to call it. It can trick you into, into certain things. They can be extremely manipulative, and they can uh, try to take advantage of people in different ways. But if you truly know your angel and you've experienced that feeling of love and light that they bring, that they always have for you and around you, then they, can, they can't fool you with that. They can never mimic an actual angel that is in the light. So that, I don't think, can happen. But obviously, if people aren't aware of it, you know, knowledge is power. I always, uh, you know, that, that, that little chestnut, you know, it's knowledge is power. And if we know our angels, if we know that they're there, we know how to talk with them, if we we're familiar with them, then these darker forces can't try to fool us into thinking that they're the angels you know they can't manipulate us in that way
0: have you ever gotten science to get involved in this as well because to me it would be one of the greatest discoveries of mankind all of all time
1: um how do you mean getting science involved in it to in,
0: exactly. to investigate the angelic realm to somehow uh, photograph it or do whatever they do
1: yeah i haven't gotten as far to that yet um i have been told that it is very difficult to photograph, obviously, an angel, uh, their vibration, their resonance, like I mentioned before, how they, how their souls are. It's on a different kind of plane almost. So it is quite difficult. Uh, I know there's probably ways that we would, might be able to do it eventually. One of the things that I look at, though, is, speaking of science with it, is it's just a little working hypothesis that I have is, why people are always seeing things out of the corner of their eye. They always see...
0: Something whoosh by, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. People always say, you know, oh, I wasn't, you know, I was just doing my dish, doing the dishes, and something just kind of scooted by my peripheral vision. And one of the things that I talk about as an eye doctor, uh, I kind of merge that together, and I say that on our retina, there's an area called the macula. And I don't have to go too far into it, but the macula is the only part on our retina that focuses light to give us central 20-20 vision. And it's it's incredibly small, incredibly small. And it has the highest concentration of a cell called cones there as well, which picks up fine detail, color, things like that. But on the rest of the retina, which is what we call the peripheral vision, are higher concentrations of a cell called rods. And rods are able to pick up things that are fast motion, they're better with uh, night vision and with black and white type of uh, uh, sensory pickup. So one of my working things that I'm trying to look at is, is are the rods on the peripheral vision somehow connected energetically or something with what we would consider the third eye? So are we inadvertently picking up spiritual energy? Are we inadvertently picking up this motion of the other side due to the fact that our rods are somehow connected with our third eye in that way. I I am not super far along with it, but it is this a little hypothesis that there's something connected there. It's just very odd that everyone says that they see something when they're not looking directly at it, but when they look directly at it, it goes away. So there's something there. I'm just not 100% sure exactly the perfect answer yet.
0: Do these angels ever talk about God?
1: The, the angels do. Uh, you know, I always say that angels aren't any one particular religion. This, I don't know if this is one thing that people might uh, take offense to, and I never want to take offense to anyone at all. I don't want to offend anyone. But angels are not any particular religion. They, are, they have been talked about in many different religions. And so they, they basically refer to as the higher power, as the creator they don't have a particular name for him, her, it. Uh, They just say the higher power, the creator. Uh, Sometimes um, I will come across an angel that might say father or something like that, or mother, but it isn't any one particular thing that they all chime in with, because angels have been talked about in almost every religion that we've had in mankind. In fact, even in Greek mythology, Roman mythology, um, e- Egyptian, things like that that we read about, the gods and goddesses, I've been told, were mistaken as angels or as angelic beings. So is it's been throughout history, and so they don't go down one road as just only angels are in Christianity or only angels are in Judaism. It's not like that for them, so they don't particularly say Yahweh, or Allah, or God, or anything like that.
0: Now, you're doing paranormal investigations as well, aren't you?
1: Yes, I am, Yeah.
0: Now, tell me about that metamorphosis and what you do with that.
1: Of course. Uh, well, as my gifts continue to kind of progress, uh, one day, and, I, and I'm writing about this in my book that I'm writing, too, so I'm looking forward to be able to hopefully get that out one day soon. <laughs> but uh, I did... I see a child spirit um, in a mountain town close by to where I live. Uh, it just, he just randomly appeared and I saw how sad he was and how lost he was. And that's one of the things that I always try to help people understand is that if you feel a negative energy somewhere, 95% of the time it's a human soul They are, and they're people. And so they just need help. And I don't expect everyone to have to take that mantle, but... And to try to help, but try to eliminate fear, at least in some people, with what spirits are. But he was so sad, lost, lonely. He didn't know what was going on. There was a lot of issues that he was going through. And I tried to talk with him and tried to help him and understand what he was going through and helped him understand that he didn't have to be there anymore. He was sitting there waiting for his family to come back. But obviously, they weren't. They had already passed on, but for some reason, he stayed behind. And there was a lot of confusion in his energy. And so I tried to help him talk with him. And I, my angels had kind of taught me this thing where I take in some of the negative energy that a spirit might have, and I transmute it into a more positive energy. And I give that back to them as I'm talking with them. But... He eventually realized, after I was talking with him that you're right, I don't have to be here, obviously, I'm making a huge mistake staying here, and as an angel medium, I knew that his angel was there with him. He just couldn't see him because he was caught in his own sadness and anger or frustration and so, as he kind of ro he kind of helped his vibration rise, he was able to then see his own angel, and he took his hand, he gave him a big hug. And he was able to kind of move on. And I told my wife everything that was going on as it was happening. And she's, and she's the one who came up with, we need to start helping these spirits. And so we eventually went down the road of getting paranormal equipment, you know, EMF detectors, K2 meters, REM pods, uh, things like that, um, digital voice recorders. And also being able to use that along with my mediumship gifts to be able to not only correlate any kind of physical evidence with what I'm actually getting, but also to be able to help these spirits to be able to kind of move on and to not have to be stuck here anymore. So effectively being able to help the homeowners or the business owners and also being able to help the souls because, like I said, they're usually people and it's just terrible that they're just stuck and they just don't know how to move on. They can't get out of their own heads, you know. So that's how we kind of got into it, and my wife <laughs> kind of um, opened my eyes to it a little bit. So, yeah, and so she then she had the idea to form the group RISE, um, which is RISE and Inspire Soul Empowerment, little acronym that she made up, and it's been really great. Uh, we've done a lot of different cases, and it's been extremely rewarding to be able to help out these, uh, not only the, the homeowners, but also The souls that need the help.
0: How many people, Michael, do you think hear that little voice in the back of their head to do this or do that, and it's really your guardian angel?
1: I I think almost everybody. Uh, In fact, I would probably go along to say as everyone. Uh, That's one of the things that I talk a little bit about is there's For our souls, we have the mind of the soul and the heart of the soul. This is one of the first things my angels ever taught me. And they aren't split, but the heart of the soul is the part of us that our angels love to connect with us through. And that's what we affectionately call intuition, that gut feeling that we get. And sometimes they come in the forms of, like you said, the little voice in the back of our heads. Or sometimes it will be that gut feeling, that pull to do something. Or there will be little cues that our angels try to throw down to us because they can't always... directly interact um, as much as Clarence did, obviously. That's right. We have free will, and so they're there to guide us. So we have to be open to the guidance. And so that's one of the things I go over in my angel readings is I help people know this is how your angel will communicate with you, because all the angels are kind of different. But what's universal is that little voice, like you mentioned. It's that gut feeling. It's that intuition that we have. Don't go down that alleyway. You should take that class. Don't talk to that guy. That's right. You know, they're little things, and we tend to ignore them because explaining it away or, you know, this doesn't make any sense because not everything does. But, yeah, you're right. My, I think um, everybody has had that little voice, and we choose to ignore it or go along with it. I mean, you know, before I open up to my gifts, I know plenty of times I ignored it. <laughs> so.
0: what, what is the mission of a guardian angel?
1: I would say the mission of a guardian angel is to help to protect us, to help guide us, to help empower us, to be there for us along our journey, because we have certain things that we have to learn, that we are here to learn, grow from, to evolve, and to become closer to our higher self, to the higher power. And so they're there to help guide us along that journey during each lifetime that we have. We have a different kind of lesson, or, you know, people say life lessons or soul contracts or things like that. It isn't a particular contract itself, but something that we came to this world in order to do in this life so that we can grow as a soul. And so I would say their mission is to help us along that
0: path. Do they get angel wings for helping us out?
1: (laughs) Uh, They already have their wings. Uh, So what what would they get? Uh, They actually don't get a whole bunch of reward for helping us <laughs> um, they they have the it's kind of like their own fulfillment kind of like how I get fulfillment from doing readings other mediums do get fulfillment from doing readings uh, angels get fulfillment by seeing us grow becoming better going down the right path they feel great they get brighter they get stronger as we get stronger in ourselves and so They gain fulfillment by seeing us succeed. They're extremely selfless beings. And so, you know, they might get a pat on the back maybe from the big guy, uh, but uh, (laughs) I I haven't heard anything about that yet. I just know that they just love doing it because they love us.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.